Welcome to the Next Steps Bible Reading Podcast. I'm Greg Whiting, reading through the one-year chronological Bible, and today's reading is for January 18th. Jacob's death draws near, Genesis 47, 28-31, 1859 or 1693 B.C. Verse 28. Jacob lived in Egypt 17 years, and the years of his life were 147. When the time drew near for Israel to die, he called for his son Joseph and said to him, If I have found favor in your eyes, put your hand under my thigh and promise that you will show me kindness and faithfulness. Do not bury me in Egypt, but when I rest with my fathers, carry me out of Egypt and bury me where they are buried. I will do as you say, he said. Swear to me, he said. Then Joseph swore to him, and Israel worshipped as he leaned on top of his staff. Jacob blesses Manasseh and Ephraim, Genesis 48, 1-22. Sometime later, Joseph was told, Your father is ill. So he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, along with him. When Jacob was told, Your son Joseph has come to you, Israel rallied his strength and sat up on his bed. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan. And there he blessed me and said to me, I am going to make you fruitful and increase your numbers. I will make you a community of peoples, and I will give you this land as an everlasting possession to your descendants after you. Now then, your two sons born to you in Egypt before I came to you here will be reckoned as mine. Ephraim and Manasseh will be mine, just as Reuben and Sibion are mine. Any children born to you after them will be yours. In the territory they inherit, they will be reckoned under the names of their brothers." This is significant because that's why instead of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh become known as two of the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse 7, as I was returning from Padan to my sorrow, Rachel died in the land of Canaan while we were still on the way, a little distance from Ephrath. So I buried her there beside the road to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. When Israel saw the sons of Joseph, he asked, who are these? They are the sons God has given me here, Joseph said to his father. Then Israel said, Bring them to me so I may bless them. Now Israel's eyes were failing because of old age, and he could hardly see. So Joseph brought his sons close to him, and his father kissed them and embraced them. Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again, and now God has allowed me to see your children too. Then Joseph removed them from Israel's knees and bowed down with his face to the ground. And Joseph took both of them, Ephraim on his right, toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh on his left toward Israel's right hand and brought them close to him. That's important because he's doing that because he wants a certain ones to have a certain blessing. Verse 14, but Israel reached out his right hand and put it on Ephraim's head, though he was the younger and crossing his arms, he put his left hand on Manasseh's head, even though Manasseh was the firstborn. Then he blessed Joseph and said, may the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked faithfully. The God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they be called by my name and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and may they increase greatly on the earth. When Joseph saw his father placing his right hand on Ephraim's head, he was displeased, so he took hold of his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. Joseph said to him, No, my father, this is one as your firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know my son, I know. He too will become a people and he too will become great. Nevertheless, his younger brother will be greater than he and his descendants will become a group of nations. He blessed them that day and said, 
In your name will Israel pronounce this blessing. May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. So he put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, I am about to die, but God will be with you and take you back to the land of your fathers. And to you I give one more ridge of land than to your brothers, the ridge I took from the Amorites with my sword and my bow. Jacob blesses his sons, Genesis 49, 1-28. Then Jacob called for his sons and said, Gather around so I can tell you what will happen to you in days to come. That's part of the uh, blessings was, in, in a sense, kind of a prophecy as well. Verse 2. Assemble and listen, sons of Jacob. Listen to your father Israel. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, the first sign of my strength, excelling in honor, excelling in power. Turbulent as the waters, you will no longer excel, for you went up into your father's bed onto my couch and defiled it. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their swords are weapons of violence. Let me not enter their council. Let me not join their assembly, for they have killed men in their anger and hamstrung oxen as they pleased. Cursed be their anger so fierce and their fury so cruel. I will scatter them in Jacob and disperse them in Israel. (coughs) Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness, who dares to rouse him? The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nations shall be his. This is an interesting prophecy, because later, uh, who is it that comes from the line of Judah, except Jesus Christ himself? Verse 11, he will tether his donkey to a vine, his colt to the choicest branch, He will wash his garments in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes will be darker than wine, his teeth whiter than milk. Zebulun will live by the seashore and become a haven for ships. His border will extend toward Sidon. Issachar is a raw-boned donkey lying down among the sheep pens. When he sees how good is his resting place and how pleasant is his land, he will bend his shoulder to the burden and submit to forced labor. Dan will provide justice for his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan will be a snake by the roadside, a viper along the path, that bites the horse's heels so that its rider tumbles backward. I look for your deliverance, Lord. Gad will be attacked by a band of raiders, but he will attack them at their heels. Asher's food will be rich. He will provide delicacies fit for a king. Naphtali is a doe set free that bears beautiful fawns. Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring, whose branches climb over a wall. With bitterness, archers attacked him. They shot at him with hostility, but his bow remained steady. His strong arm stayed limber, because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel. Because of your father's God who helps you, because of the Almighty who blesses you, with blessings of the skies above, blessings of the deep springs below, blessings of the breast and womb. Your father's blessings are greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains, than the bounty of the age-old hills. Let all these rest on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the prince among his brothers. So he gives the the best blessing, the longest blessing uh, to Joseph, noting how God has been at work in his life. Um, 
And even though it is Ephraim and Manasseh who are going to become the tribes, but he's already blessed them. Verse 27, Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning, he devours the prey. In the evening, he divides the plunder. All these are the 12 tribes in Israel. And this is what their father said to them when he blessed them, giving each of the blessing appropriate to him. Jacob's death and burial, Genesis 49, 29 through 50, 13, 1859 or 1693 BC. Then he gave them these instructions. I am about to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave in the field of Ephron the Hittite, the cave in the field of Machpelah near Mamre in Canaan, which Abraham bought along with the field as a burial place from Ephron the Hittite. There Abraham and his wife Sarah were buried. There Isaac and his wife Rebekah were buried. And there I buried Leah. The field and the cave in it were bought from the Hittites. When Jacob had finished giving instructions to his sons, he drew his feet up into his bed, breathed his last, and was gathered to his people. Joseph threw himself on his father and wept over him and kissed him. Then Joseph directed the physicians in his service to embalm his father Israel. So the physicians embalmed him, taking a full 40 days, for that was the time required for embalming, and the Egyptians mourned for him 70 days. When the days of mourning had passed, Joseph said to Pharaoh's court, If I have found favor in your eyes, speak to Pharaoh for me. Tell him, My father made me swear an oath and said, I am about to die. Bury me in the tomb I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. Now let me go up and bury my father, then I will return. Pharaoh said, Go up and bury your father, as he made you swear to do. So Joseph went up to bury his father. All Pharaoh's officials accompanied him, the dignities of his court and all the dignities of Egypt, besides all the members of Joseph's household and his brothers and those belonging to his father's household, only their children and their flocks and herds were left in Goshen. Chariots and horsemen also went up with him. It was a very large company. When they reached the threshing floor of Atad, near the Jordan, they lamented loudly and bitterly, and there Joseph observed a seven-day period of mourning for his father. When the Canaanites who lived there saw the mourning at the threshing floor of Atad, they said, The Egyptians are holding a solemn ceremony of mourning. That is why that place near the Jordan is called Abel Mizraim. So Jacob's sons did as he had commanded them. They carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah near Mamre, which Abraham had bought along with the field as a burial place from Ephron the Hittite. Joseph reassures his brothers, Genesis 50, 14-21. After burying his father, Joseph returned to Egypt, together with his brothers and all the others who had gone with him to bury his father. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. Oh boy. This is what you were to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to Joseph, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and drew themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. The death of Joseph, Genesis 50, 22 to 26, 1805 or 1639 BC. Joseph stayed in Egypt along with all his father's family. 
He lived 110 years and saw the third generation of Ephraim's children. Also the children of Machir, son of Manasseh, were placed at birth on Joseph's knees. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land, the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph made the Israelites swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up from this place. So Joseph died at the age of 110, and after they embalmed him, he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. So that's the end of the reading for January 18th. So we have the the kind of the end of the story. Uh, we come to the end of the book of Genesis. We come to the end of Jacob, who was the, the third one mentioned um, in, in terms of the promises reiterated uh, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob about what is going to happen in the future for the people of Israel. And then you have the death of Joseph. So as I think about uh, what I'm taking away from this reading today is just to see, well, there's a couple things that come. First of all, uh, throughout Genesis, we've seen this, the blessings that are given, right? And, and it ended up being blessings and cursings from God too, but it came through these fathers. It came through these patriarchs and they um, would bless whom they wanted to bless or because of deception, they would end up blessing someone. And yet God worked all of that out according to his plan. Uh, and then as you read through the Old Testament, you see how these blessings turned out with these tribes. But I also come to the end and say, you know, the end of Jacob's life and then the end of Joseph's life, bringing them to this place where they had multiplied so greatly, where they had been saved from the famine. And even though they're in Egypt and that's going to set up what happens uh, in the book of Exodus, it is amazing to see God's plans, his promises coming to fruition. And uh, the verses that stick out to me the most are here in Genesis 50, verses 19 uh, through, well, 19 and 20, um, when Joseph's brothers are afraid now. Their father is gone, so Joseph might get his retribution. Verse 19, but Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. I take that away again to look at different hurts in my life. Everybody has hurts, right? People even closest to them have hurt them. Probably not to this extent, you know, um, being threatened to be killed and then sold into slavery. Probably not to that extent, but whatever it is, I look back and say, um, yes, people intended to harm me just as I have done to other people, but God intended it for good. He is working in my life. He is working his plan. And in that I can trust father. Thank you that you were in charge. Thank you for, for us being able to see this all play out here in the book of Genesis, uh, setting up what's going to happen in the future. And father, thank you for your work in my life even for the hurts that have come because you have been at work. You have been fulfilling your plan and I trust you fully in Jesus name. Amen.